Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you're excited for a big weekend of Zoom games and the like. And hope you're excited to look ahead. Fantasy football today, which was fantasy football yesterday, becomes fantasy football tomorrow as we take a look at the next half decade of football and our top three at each position. Who do we project to be the best of the best? Any college players making the list? I'm Adam Azer. What's up, Heath Cummings? How we doing? I am doing fantastic. The <laughs> beach is open on Monday. I've got a haircut scheduled for next Thursday. Things are looking up. Let's let's talk about and hi Dave. I'm just wondering if we have a cool intro for fantasy football tomorrow, like we, we had for fantasy football yesterday. We don't. I'm sorry about that. Welcome but, to fantasy football tomorrow. Bebop. You're going to win your league for sure. We guarantee it because we can see into the future. That's I, what the future sounds like. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. That is what it's. Yeah, no. I, I think Adam wanted to criticize me for going to the beach. No, I, I want to know what that's going to look like for you, like masks. Um, no, you know, being spaced out. Like, how are you going to do this I, safely? I wear a mask every time I go somewhere indoors in public. Um, I'm not anti-mask at all, but I'm not wearing a mask to the beach. Um, I'm not going to closely associate with people at the beach. I don't think I will see that many people at the beach because I will be there when the sun rises and I'll probably leave by eight in the morning. Oh, all right. Then you. I just was hoping that you would stay all day and you would wear a mask, and then you'd show up to work or and on our Zoom calls, and you've got this big, like half your <laughs> face isn't tan because you're wearing a mask. Oh, and the I other half is like that. red. Can't really wear. You'd a look mask like the, the Chiefs logo with red and yellow, kind <laughs> of. That's what I think. So it sounds like you've got some exciting things coming up. I do too. All right, good. Sounds like everybody's got fun stuff going on this weekend, except for me. Big topic today is about Michael Thomas. Then we'll get to some news and notes, and then we'll get to fantasy football tomorrow, I guess. But let's start with Michael Thomas. Here's the big question. Is Michael Thomas really worth a top five pick? I've seen him go as early as number two overall. Nobody's taking him ahead of McCaffrey, but we do a lot of drafts. I see him going number two sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I see him going number two sometimes. No. This is oh, not I bet a, you do. This is not if another peeping story. <laughs> but I see him being taken uh, at number two in the draft. Is Michael Thomas really worth a top five pick? Dave, what do you think? Uh, no, uh, I don't think he is. Uh, maybe you can make the case for it in full PPR, um, but that's a maybe. So what the hell am I saying? I'm saying probably not. I'm worried about his target share going down. Yeah, so Heath, before the show, you said that you did some research and you're, and you're thinking maybe the answer is no, right? Yeah, I first off, his target share is going to go down. Um, like, just almost assuredly. He's going to probably see two fewer targets per game, maybe even. Um, but he's also going to be the best wide receiver in fantasy. What, what I do every year at some point, and that point is the past week, is I take all the projections and put them all the positions on the same sheet with kind of a, a VBD value-based drafting approach, looking at each player over replacement cost at their position. And it was alarming um, this year when I did that, especially in non-PPR, because replacement cost for wide receiver was so much higher. Um, the value of the top wide receivers and non PPR versus the lower wide receivers. When I added in all the, all the changes that we've had, um, wide receivers and non PPR. I'm not sure if I'd take more than one in the first round. Oh, um, I, this is, I mean, I think if you take Michael Thomas with a top right five pick alley. in a, in a non PPR league, that's just kind of wacky. You know, in PPR, he actually by this process. Now, I do think it's like I don't purely do this and rank them by their value over replacement and then rank them exactly that way, because Michael Thomas is safer than Dalvin Cook. He's safer than Derrick Henry. He's safer than Austin Eckler. Like there's just no doubt. I think any running back besides maybe McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara and Zeke, I would say Michael Thomas is much more likely to hit his expectation 
then and I think I think you can even set an expectation as reasonable as I don't know 125 catches, 1400 yards, and nine touchdowns, which I had two years ago. Yeah, I've got him at uh, 130, 1509. So sure, I think that's very like we're right in the same ballpark. But if if he gets his numbers from 2018, while they're not as good as what he did in 2019, it's still going to be real close in PPR, if not better in PPR than almost every running back. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with you. Like that's, that's the appeal for Michael Thomas is, you know what he is. His target share isn't going to plunge to where he's only getting, you know, five per game. I don't think it'll even plunge to where he's getting seven per game. Of course it's going to stay. I I would, I would think it's going to be at least 150 because that's basically what it was in in 2018 and and pretty sure it was 17. It was around that too, right? It's like 148. Yeah. He had had 147 and 149 targets those years. Yeah, um, and and you remember before he became a thing in New Orleans, the Saints never really had a receiver get that many targets. Never, one forty nine basis was the most for a Drew Brees wide receiver in New Orleans until last year when he had one hundred and eighty five targets. And actually, in just the games that Drew Brees started and finished, he was on pace for one hundred and ninety two targets. Wow. Woo. Yeah. Uh, but but um, go on, Heath. Yeah, so I had a dilemma yesterday in our two QB mock. Uh, I can't remember if I fifth pick, I think. And Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara were both there. And it was half PPR. So I I would have, like, before I'd gone through this process in the past week, I would have taken Thomas, and I took Alvin Kamara. Got to go for the position. Position so... scarcity at running back. You want to have that stud running back on your team as, as much as it might hurt to miss out on that top of the top receiver. I think I think you made the right move by going with Kamara. Well, I did as as long as Kamara doesn't get hurt. What could go wrong for Thomas? Uh, forget about injury. Nothing. Could Emmanuel Sanders really come in and no. command six targets per game? Maybe, but that's not going to hurt Michael Thomas. Well, it'll bring. I'm, I'm, when I say hurt Michael Thomas, I'm thinking bring his numbers to where they were in 2017, where he had only hashtag only 104 catches for 1245 and five. Like yeah. I think the entire receiving core beyond Emmanuel Sanders would have to step up. Like Adam Troutman would have to be like on an unreal path. Taysom Hill, who maybe we should talk about him having a big role in the offense as a receiving target, he becomes a major thing. Alvin Kamara doesn't get hurt and he's a major thing. And now all of a sudden Thomas's touchdowns get minimized. His yardage is minimized, but that's the type of scenario that has to play out for Thomas to be not worth taking, uh, as a top 12 pick. But understand that each of the previous two seasons, he was, not a top five wide receiver. Even with 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, and 125 catches in 2018, he was eighth in non-PPR and sixth in PPR. What happened this year? Well, he was better, obviously. He got more targets. He was basically the same. He's been basically the same on a per-target and per-catch basis in terms of yards per target and yards per catch. So I think the reason why I've never taken him with a top five pick, I think those five running backs to me are set in stone. McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Cook in some order, um, is because he, you know, if he gets 150 targets, I think he's going to be worse than those guys. And I don't know that he's going to be the number one wide receiver. But what changed really was what the rest of the elite wide receivers disappointed us last year. Pretty much all of them: Hopkins, Julio, Hill, um, who am I? Beck- Beckham. Yeah, Devontae was, got hurt. It was a yeah. Devontae. They all were disappointing last year. And if, if it's a new wide receiver landscape and he's actually that much better than Hopkins and he's that much better than Julio Jones, maybe not Devontae Adams, and I don't know about Tyreek Hill. I mean, he might get 30 more catches than Tyreek Hill. Then maybe that does boost his value, even if, he, even if the targets go down. You know, maybe it's more about where he ranks relative to the position. But wide receivers at the, at the elite tier of wide receiver changed last year, big time. Um and he's still young and in his prime. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But the last thing I'll say here is like 2018, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, uh, or not Cook, he didn't have a great year, but McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara, they had great seasons. And in any format, 
non-PPR, half PPR, full PPR, they were either in 2018 as good or better than Michael Thomas was in 2019, you know, basically. Um, like, oh, not like Ezekiel Elliott averaged 22 fantasy points per game in PPR in 2018, and Michael Thomas averaged 23.4. But like McCaffrey and Barkley were better in 2018 than Thomas was in 2019 in full PPR. So obviously in half PPR, in in non PPR, they were much better. Alvin Kamara was was basically the same amount of fantasy points per game in 2018 as Thomas was in 2019. Um, so. Don't just think about 2019 if you're if you're taking Michael Thomas second or third overall. I think it's a little bit short-sighted and if he gets 150 targets again, then you know, then then if he gets 150 targets, where should Michael Thomas be taken? Because I don't know if there's another receiver outside of Devontae Adams and Julio Jones that's going to get that many targets. I'm still taking him as the top receiver. When though? 6th. Yeah, I think that's his early. That's how I've had him ranked in PPR. Like I'm taking those top five receivers first. I don't. I can't bring myself to take Miles Sanders over Michael Thomas. I I just can't do that. Well, and that's the thing is, and I I think Dalvin Cook should be part of this discussion as well. But it's kind of the old, you can't win your league in the first round, but you can lose it. Um, I in PPR, I have a hard time with Cook versus Thomas. Um. But I couldn't. I like. I just can't take any of the running backs over him. There's, there's See, yes. even if they're like they are, they are a clear tier and maybe two tiers down from that top group. And there's significant question marks about all of them. Yeah. All right. Well, I, yeah. this is a good introductory introduction to this conversation, which we'll be having, I'm sure, many more times throughout the uh, throughout the off season. Okay, let's get to the news and notes. First, let me tell you about our newsletters. Go to cbssports.com slash newsletter and stay up to date with fantasy football content all off-season long. cbssports.com slash newsletter. You get your news of the day, your editorial pieces, your updated rankings. We have other newsletters, by the way. You can see them all there, cbssports.com. All right, let's settle this once and for all. cbssports.com slash... Shraggy B, is it newsletter or letters? I think it's plural. It does not matter. I Both think it does. The right it matters side. on my computer. <laughs> um, all right, then I guess it doesn't matter. But if it doesn't work, just for go you, to both. Everybody. One way, try it the other. Uh, and you can start and stop FFT episodes with your voice. Yeah, if you like you listen, you got an Alexa. You say, "Hey Alexa, play fantasy football today," and it'll. You can start and stop it anyway. If you have a smart speaker. You can play fantasy football today on your smart speaker, so make it happen. News and notes. Uh-oh, Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker, first-round pick last year, and Seattle cornerback Quinton Dunbar are accused of committing armed robbery. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. That's way worse than an uh-oh. Well, uh-oh is the baby spilled the spaghetti I was on the floor. That's been happening a lot in my house, actually. Not spaghetti. Yeah, mine but... too. I, I just I get too excited when I eat spaghettios. <laughs> Watch football with uh, with my son for the first time yesterday. Watch uh, Canes. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday awesome. it was the greatest day in ESPNU <laughs> history. Nothing but classic <laughs> Miami Florida State games, and we were watching. Um, I have an observation so, uh, about football yeah, in, in the past. That well, no, I'll get to it after the news and notes. Just remind me. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, so DeAndre um, Baker, he's kind of important to the Giants' defensive plan. So is Dunbar to the Seahawks. Okay. That's bad. Very bad for both. And, uh, yeah, huge deal and not to be uh, taken lightly. Atlanta offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter acknowledged that he doesn't know how healthy Todd Gurley is. And as we sit here on <laughs> Neither May 15th, do the Falcons. Right. That, there's a, like, isn't there a chance that he fails a physical and doesn't play for them? No, because they, I think that they, it would be stunning if that happened because, and I think I said this before on the podcast, the Rams gave information to the Falcons about Gurley, even though they didn't have to, because it wasn't a trade, it was a free agent deal. And I guess they they had a, a physical on him, maybe from the end of the year, and the Falcons were comfortable with it, but... I- Thomas Dimitrov has said, we, we haven't had Gurley in our building. Our doctors haven't had the chance to look at him, but we're comfortable with where he's at. 
Right. Like the Buccaneers haven't had Tom Brady in their building or, but someone else did a physical on him and they've seen it. Someone did a physical on Gronk and they've seen it. Like, it I could have been their doctors. I, I just don't know how they, how they went about doing it. Like, it seems like this is just a really either not that big a deal because it's the same situation as every other trade and free agent this off season or what in the world are the Falcons doing? that everyone else knows the medicals on the players they've acquired and the Falcons don't. The Chargers are going to get Mike Pouncey back. He's been cleared to play their center. He's been a great player in his career, and he played only five games last year, oddly enough. Austin Eckler averaged 3.9 yards per carry with Pouncey and 4.5 without him, so that is not a stat that matters at all. Um, but in case you're wondering, I'm not sure it had a big <laughs> but impact. Thanks, for, thanks anyway. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think it had a big impact on their running game last year, but... Um, Pouncey, it's a good thing to have him back for sure. And I didn't use Melvin Gordon because Gordon only played one game with Pouncey. Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Clyde Christensen said we're going to see Bruce Arians' offense with Tom Brady's influence. What does that look like? It means it's going to be Tom Brady's offense. Do you really think Tom Brady won't be allowed to change plays at the line no, of scrimmage? No, no, I just think it means how much no risk it, no biscuit. Are we talking here? There, there will be. I think there will be a little less risk it, <laughs> and therefore, hopefully, but maybe hopefully not necessarily biscuit, fewer though. biscuits. Uh, yeah, right. Ho- we're hoping for more biscuits with less risk it. Clyde Christensen is not an offensive coordinator, right? Oh, is he the QB coach? Isn't Byron he's Leftwich? Their, I believe leader? he's their quarterbacks coach because Byron Leftwich is the OC. Okay, and Byron calls the plays. But man, what a what a brain trust this is. So. Byron Leftwich is going to draw up a game plan. Bruce Arians is going to change it two days before the game and say, nope, we're going to do this instead. And then the game's going to be going on and Brady's going to say, uh-uh, I don't like this play. I'm going to, I'm going to call, uh, throw it to Gronk 10 yards down the seam. That's the play I'm going to call instead. And they'll win. They'll win games, so it doesn't really matter. Wikipedia has Clyde Christensen as an American football coach, so I'm just going to go with that. American That's how every so football coach I know, AC. Dave. I know. AC, okay. not an OC. He's a what? He's an AC. He's an, he's an American coach. Clyde, every coach now from now on is going to be an American football coach. Fantasy football. Fantasy football tomorrow. The top three <laughs> at each position. That's all I'm going to do with that. So I got to be honest with you. I'm not even sure what the assignment was. Is it 2020 to 2025 or 2020 to 2024? Who are the best who will be the best fantasy football players at each position in the years 2020 through 2025? Okay, so we had a six year. Six window. years. Yeah. I, that's I, weird. I think that was probably an oversight. Uh, maybe not. Why? What's wrong with six years? It should be Why five does everything years. have to be in, in uh, groups of five or 10? This is the future. <laughs> we like the number six. Okay. Uh, all right, so so um, let me give you the consensus here. Quarterback, everybody had Patrick Mahomes number one. That's good. And many people had Lamar Jackson number two, but not me and not Dave. There were seven of us. Jamie, Dave, Heath, me, Ben Gretsch, Ben Schrager, Chris Towers. Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson? Dave didn't even In have Lamar Jackson punk. third. Wow. Nope. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, consensus was Mahomes. Uh, you didn't either, Adam. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't. You guys, you're terrible. <laughs> okay. Wow, Dave, you were right. Good job. Thanks, bud. <laughs> consensus was Mahomes one, Lamar Jackson two, and Kyler Murray three. And Mahomes, yeah, I, it was easy. I think there would be like because when you add up the point, when you look at the points, I think that it's best to say there's no consensus. On who's number three? Uh, Kyler Murray only made it on like three of the six lists, I think, maybe four of the seven lists. Um, there was there was no consensus at all on number three. Um, it was that way at basically every single position. Like one and two were clear, and then the no consensus on three. Definitely the no consensus on three. Oh, there was no um, tight end. It was two, consensus on two. Yeah, wide receiver is when it's a absolute jumbled mess well let's talk about who we we individually had heath you went with mahomes one i had 
the correct answer. Patrick Mahomes at one, Lamar Jackson at two, and Deshaun Watson at three. I may have, nope, I was not the only person that picked Deshaun Watson. Shraggy B was also correct with Deshaun Watson as number three. Um, I feel a little bit uncomfortable with Jackson at two, but because if it's a six-year window, I did this thinking it was a five-year window. And I, like six years from now, I'm not sure how good of a runner Lamar Jackson's going to be. But uh, I think, especially at quarterback, for, like for most of this exercise, it's probably the guy who we think is going to be the best over the next three years, honestly. Um, we, as a collective group, like not fans, not CBS, like the, the world, we're pretty bad at predicting things that are going to happen in the next year. We're going to be awful at predicting things that are going to happen five years from now. So I think it's best to just go with who you think is the best in the next three years. Yeah, and Mahomes looks like the obviously the best bet to to be good in five years. I mean, I I'd be shocked if he weren't honestly. If if we were doing a we like, I think we could have done a ten year for quarterbacks, and Mahomes should be unanimous for that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, agreed. And uh, number two for Heath was Jackson. Number three was Deshaun Watson. Dave, you went with. I had Mahomes first, Russell Wilson second, Joe Burrow third. And Watson would have been ahead of Lamar Jackson. Okay, why solo on Lamar Jackson? Because I I want to know if he can keep this up. Think about all the rushing quarterbacks that have been in the NFL and think of their shelf life. And you know, we talked about Michael Vick, and maybe Vick is the glowing example of someone who could have who did make it a long time. He played in the NFL a long time, but his numbers could have really begun to take off if not for the off-field incidents that happened to him. But RG3, one major injury, he was done. There's there's a bunch of other examples. I'm kind of worried about it with Kyler, too, which is why Kyler didn't make my list. What happens when Lamar Jackson hits 28 or 29 years old? How old is he now? He's like 23? Yeah, he's, that's, that's going to be the very end of this period. When it's, right, so either... It, Okay, so what happens when he gets hit and he misses, you know, the last four weeks of a season and he needs off-season surgery and he's 25 years old? Does he come back and run as much? He's already talking about running a little less. He's already mentioned it this off-season. But Cam would have had a a, a good argument for being. But top, he's, I feel three. like he's a little bit different because he's stronger and he's bigger. I'm not going to compare their arms either because I honestly I'm not sure that there's a big difference between their arms. I think they might be. Maybe Lamar's even better of a passer than Cam. I think he is. Right. We have. I was a little nervous about putting um, putting Lamar Jackson on my list as well, and I went with Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. But mm-hmm. what I, that's the thing I like. I can I kind of understand Dave's argument. You don't even know why. Like, he was just scared of the running quarterbacks, and I think that's that's uh, that makes sense. I don't understand putting Kyler Murray ahead of Lamar Jackson. I don't really consider Kyler Murray a running quarterback the way I see Lamar Jackson. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a pass-first quarterback. Lamar Jackson. But he wasn't. A, yeah. But he, J- Lamar Jackson was. Uh, Kyler Murray had a much better rookie year than Lamar Jackson, and maybe that's not fair because Lamar Jackson didn't play until halfway through the season. But still, like he, it's a gimmicky offense that you <laughs> you wonder if it's going to which get one the Ravens. <laughs> it's going to get figured out a little bit. I think that like Which if you one? if if you're just looking at who's a better passer, Kyler Murray is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson still might be I don't oh, maybe a bad passer. He's a below average passer. So I don't yeah, know. I, I think he put a lot of that concern I to bed last year. You're putting so much more um into your eye test of seeing him throw than the statistics of he, him throwing in college and the NFL. Yeah, because he, true. his because he throws the wide open guys because nobody knew how to defend that offense last year. I think when it comes down to it, he's I just don't think he's that good of a passer. I'm not like obviously he well, makes how sense. many years will he have to be a statistically above average passer just before you will admit more. that he is? One okay. more. I mean let let's see what happens this year. But also he's much more likely to get injured, I think, than Kyler Murray because Jackson's like a he's just, like he runs he puts a lot more out there so much, right? Yeah, he runs a lot more and but he Murray has more Murray's, to fall back on. Murray was the number one pick in the NFL draft. He was a, a better prospect than Lamar Jackson. That's, that's a better true. Pa- I think a better passer. I think that's clear. But we haven't seen him be good yet. 
Uh, for right. a rookie? That's why Kyler doesn't belong on this list. He he was pretty damn good for a rookie. Then he give, was. But then put some respect on Gardner Minshew's name. No, because he's he a sixth-round pick, and there are almost zero sixth-round picks that were good in the NFL. Tom Brady oh, and then that like Brady who. guy. Yeah. All right. No, um, pedigree matters. So, a, a quick thought on Lamar Jackson. Could the reason why guys were wide open and and he was able to throw well because of the scheme that he played in, and are we sure that the scheme can't continue to be tweaked to take advantage no. of slower defenses slash defenses who are scared of the rushing threat no, of course that not. the Ravens possess? I, so he his yeah, numbers and his production and his completion percentage could be a byproduct of what he's doing. But if what he's doing works, then what's what's the problem? I'm not no, I'm not drafting Dave, him I'm because he's going to be in a quarterback competition. I'm splitting hairs here because I'm trying to pick the best three. Okay, he'd be four for me. But yeah, he, I, I mean, think he wouldn't that even be four for me. But I, I'm just I think that there's oh, so you're just devil's advocating right now? A uh, little bit, but I mean that's why he's number two for me in fantasy. Yeah, no, look, I, I think he could be great. He could be great, and that offense could keep. Being right. great, but I think like Kaepernick took the league by storm, and Vic. Like, I was just I was just looking at Vic's fantasy finishes the two years before he was suspended. He was like fourteen, ten, four. He wasn't mm-hmm. that great in fantasy most of the years. No, but we we've talked about him in the past and this week. What if he hadn't have been suspended? Would he have continued to ascend? But that was five years. That was six years into his career. You know, like, I, I don't, I think we kind of knew what he was at that point. Um, so, I don't know. He went to Philadelphia and he was in a great scheme and his numbers went crazy. He was in two great schemes in Philadelphia. Cam Newton is the only example of a quarterback whose better skill was running that was able to really sustain it and be a fantasy stud basically mm-hmm. year after year. Something to keep in mind with Josh Allen. Uh Yeah. Is that fair to say? Because that's that is why I left. Kaepernick Jackson had some great throws too. Would you say I, I that can't. Lamar Jackson's a better passer than Josh Allen at least? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Josh Allen's probably the worst passer among starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. I, I can't think of one. Certainly that's throwing deep, he is. He, he, makes he completed throws. eighteen of sixty-eight deep balls. I think it was just last year. It might be the last two years. But that that completion rate on deep balls is. Puke-tastic. Okay, here we go. Let's go to running backs. Let's see uh, what, yeah, that what was just the last year. quasi-consensus was here on running backs. Number one was Christian McCaffrey. Number two was Saquon Barkley. And then we don't really have... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I told you. Nobody got more than two points. No other running back. You All you need is, a, is one third-place vote to get one point. Obviously, a second-place vote is worth two points. You You can blame Dave for this one. Everybody had McCaffrey one, Barkley two, and then Clyde Edwards, Elair, and Jonathan Taylor were showed up twice at three. Travis Etienne, interesting for Dave at a Clemson. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott for Ben Schrager, Jonathan Taylor, and and for me and Ben Gretsch, Jonathan Taylor for Heath, Clyde Edwards, Elair for Jamie, Clyde Edwards, Elair, and for Chris Towers, Alvin Kamara. So, <laughs> McCaffrey, Barkley, and then take your pick. Clyde Edwards, Zeller, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. I, I, you know, I, I have no defense of any of these third picks at all. Like you're good with all of them? Well, I'm not Dave's. <laughs> um, Etienne's awesome. I'm not saying he's not awesome, but he's, he's going to, he's going to be awesome. He's I, yeah, it, it, he's, he's, he's like Christian McCaffrey. He, I feel like he's been at Clemson for 16 years. He's one of those players. You know? Yeah. Because he, he's coming back for a senior year. It seems, I, I'm not sure why he decided to do that. He would have been a first round pick if he had come out. I, I'm, I'm, it was confusing. Maybe he wouldn't is have been he, a first round pick. Maybe I'm older? completely overrating him. Is he older than Taylor and Clyde Edwards either? Um, Probably about the same age. I'd be stunned if he was older. Let me get you his age. Those guys, I think, are 20 or 21, or will be 21 when the season starts, for sure. He is 21 years old. He turned 21 in January. He will be a a 22-year-old rookie in the NFL in 2021. So that is a little bit older than your typical rookie running back. That might be the biggest strike he has, provided that he has a Another productive, healthy year at Clemson. 
there's got to be a reason why he went back. That it does seem weird. Someone yeah. out there knows. Someone guys like that don't usually go back to college. Um, yeah, but you know, Nick Chubb. I think he played four years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. He's a good example of an older running back. Etienne had uh, two straight two straight years of more than 1,600 rushing yards. Last year, he had over a, th- a 2,000 total yards, which is amazing for a running back. Played 15 games. Two, th- all three seasons, he's averaged 7.2 yards per carry or better. That's really amazing for Travis Etienne. I take it back. I'll argue against Straggy B and Chris Towers. Who do they pick? Kamara and... And Zeke. And Zeke. Yeah. Yeah, Straggy B, get on here, because Zeke is a pretty, is just awful. I thought about Zeke. What are you thinking, Straggy B? You're the worst. You don't think Zeke can be elite for another three years? All I need is three elite years from Zeke. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. He could, he, he, he's in the conversation (laughs) for sure. No chance. He's going to be 25 this year when the season starts. He can be elite until he's 28. Yeah, that's um, enough for me. Yeah. I just like if for if it was over the next three years, I think he would have been a good pick. But I think one of Clyde, Taylor, Chubb, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, one of those guys that's younger than him and doesn't have near as much work are going to uh be significantly better. I agree with that. I think it's very, very tough to choose that one guy. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I I'll tell you, I uh am surprised. No DeAndre Swift. Maybe if we had like three more people doing this, DeAndre Swift would have gotten a vote. Mm, he landed in the wrong spot. Maybe right not. Now, Maybe he didn't. Change. Right. The coaching staff is going to change, and hopefully by 2021, he'll be really good. I yeah. think he could be pretty good this year. I just wish his coaching staff would see it like I see it. Okay. I think that sums up running back. Let's go to wide receiver. Apparently, this was a crazy jumbled mess. Everybody had Michael Thomas, number one. Number two, <laughs> this was a jumbled mess. Number two was Juju for Jamie, CD for Dave, Godwin for Heath, Tyreek Hill for me. Guess who? I don't even have to tell you who Bed Gretch, who Bed Gretch He chose. took AJ Brown over DJ Moore? He has more three and AJ Brown too. Man, he is in I in the clouds. <laughs> uh, Tyree kill for Ben Schrager. Great job, Schrager. You're the best. And Juju Smith Schuster for Chris. So that means Juju got two second place votes. Tyree kill got two second place votes. Votes. Dave has C.D. Lamb. Heath has Chris Godwin, and Ben Gretch has AJ Brown. Third place votes. Tyree kill got one. DJ Moore got two. Chris Goblin got one. AJ Brown got one. And Jamar Chase got one. Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase for the for LSU. I think he's gonna be the best wide receiver prospect since the the 2014 draft when he comes out this year. This upcoming year. Could be. He's better than CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. He's kind of a combo of both of them. This yeah, he's awesome. That's I think that's worse worse than the uh, than the the running back college player because these were like well, these receivers are gonna be good for six years. Yeah, but this one is gonna be great. This could be the next Julio Jones, AJ Green. I'm I, uh, yeah, and yeah. maybe CD Lamb could too. Maybe maybe one of the rookies from this year could. I, but well, CD Lamb I, number I two. I love Lamb and Judy. CD Lamb number and, two. I think is to me CD Lamb number two is worse than Jamar Chase number three. Oh, yeah, I, I I really like Lamb. <laughs> and like I, and I think Dallas is a good spot. For when you say the next Julio Jones, AJ Green, like Tyree Kill's been doing that for three years, and probably is going to do it for another five or six. Yeah, I think you can make the case for that. Yes, um, I think I, I think it looks like well, like I I still really think Godwin or Juju could be that for the next five years. It, okay, so so let's see what what the uh, there again was no consensus. Except Michael Thomas got twenty one points. He got seven first place votes, three points per e- for each first place vote, and then Juju Smith Schuster and Tyree Kill were tied with five votes, five points. Chris Godwin and AJ Brown were tied with three points. Ceedee Lamb had two points. DJ Moore had two points, and Jamar Chase had one. And uh, our ballots: Dave had Thomas, Lamb, Chase. Heath had Thomas Godwin Juju. I had Thomas Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown. 
I, I am an A.J. Brown believer, I guess, thanks to Ben Gretsch. But it was really tough to leave Juju off there. Really tough to leave guys. This was really tough, I mean, in, in general. I'm shocked you guys didn't have Tyreek Hill. Like, how do you not have Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I, that's probably have a, Tyreek Hill. That's, that's probably an oversight. The one thing I thought about with Hill was that he's so speed-based. That I, um, made... No, I, I know why I didn't have Hill. Okay. Um, because in this window, he faces a period of time towards the end where his skills might actually be deteriorating. Right, right. He's 26. By the time this is over, he's going to be 32. Those last two years might suck for Tyreek Hill. Um, Juju, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, they should not have any decline in this period. Like maybe things will go wrong for them, but the, as long as things don't go wrong for them, we should get their peak during this period. Here's the problem, though, with with every wide receiver on your list, Heath: Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster. They could have a different quarterback throwing to them as early as 2021. That's true. Does that bother? Does that upset you? Does that make you lose sleep? Um, at night? Doesn't bother me at all with Michael Thomas. Did you see him with Teddy Bridgewater? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think Godwin will before 2022. I think Brady signed a two-year deal. Um, no, he's going to retire if he wins the Super Bowl. No, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. Not Patrick well. Mahomes still exists. Then we're good. Um, <laughs> Juju, it worries me just a little bit. He worries me more than a little bit. But uh, Juju might be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers next year. That'd be fun. All right, so again, Michael Thomas won. Yeah, by a huge margin. And then Juju, Tyreek were tied for second. Chris Goblin and A.J. Brown tied for fourth. CeeDee Lamb, D.J. Moore, Jamar Chase. 2020 20 to 2025, tight ends. Everybody had George Kittle, number one. Everybody had Mark Andrews, number two. Let's stop there before we even get to number three. Are, are we all... Wait, we're sure Mark Andrews is really good? I might... Uh, a, yes. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good pass catching tight end and as a blocker he's okay but point back to what the Ravens offense is what's working for them and he's basically been the most reliable pass catcher for Lamar Jackson going back to when Lamar was starting games in 2018 best catch rate gets a lot of short and mid-range stuff he can catch it and make plays after he's big in the red zone he he does a ton of what you want from a tight end in fantasy football and he's young. We had seven people voting. We had seven different selections for tight end three behind Kittle and Andrews. I think everybody listening should think of their own. Pause the podcast, think of who you would have third, and then jump back in. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Tomorrow, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> JB had Goddard. Dave had Adam Troutman. Saints, baby. Heath had Hunter Henry. Adam Azer had Noah Fant. Ben Gretsch had TJ Hawkinson. Ben Schrager had Evan Ingram. Chris Towers had Mike Gesicki. Goddard, Troutman, Henry, Fant, Hawkinson, Ingram, Gesicki. Mm -hmm. Well, Dave, once again, (laughs) you stand out here with Adam Troutman. Uh Uh, I love the landing spot for him. Uh, I'm a little disenchanted that the Saints said that they see him more as a like receiver and blocking tight end and not necessarily a full-fledged pass-catching tight end, but I, I think he can develop that and become better there. And I think he's got a chance to be the next Jimmy Graham. I, I like Troutman a lot. Um, my concern is I feel like we just have to accept that he's going to be terrible the next two years um, because tight ends with better pedigree than him are generally terrible for the first two years. And so by the time he's a big part of the offense... I have the Saints may be unrecognizable. Two years. Who's their coach going to be? Who's their quarterback going to be? That matters, but I think if Sean Payton is there, I trust him to find a capable I, quarterback. There have been not some. There have been some rumblings that Sean Payton is about as long for New Orleans as Drew Brees is. Right. Mm, that would change things for sure. There's no doubt. I, this is a pretty wacky pick. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> I love his. I love his talent. I think he's got. I'm not drafting him for 2020 at all, but I, 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 if I had a pick in round three in dynasty, I would have tabbed it for Adam Troutman. But do you think like 
because he was taken significantly later than Fant and Hawkinson, who were already into their one year suck suck at their start of their career. Yeah. Um, like they got one of those out of, under their belts, and they had a better pedigree than Troutman. So if you're going to go with a young tight end, why not just take Fant or Hawkinson? Because I considered Hawkinson very much with with Troutman. I really like Hawkinson's skill set too, but I don't think he's going to be great this year. And he's going to need a coaching staff that's going to value him. And we don't know what that's going to look like in Detroit. And Kenny Galladay's there, and he's young, and he can pull targets away. And there's going to be someone that replaces Marvin Jones along the way. So I'm a little worried about um, the Hawkinson hitting the, the type of ceiling that a first-round tight end pick could have. And that goes double for Fant. Like, Hawkinson's ahead of Fant for me, 10 out of 10, especially after what the Broncos did this year in the draft both with Judy and Hamler. And don't forget about Okwuenubam. Yeah. Okwuenubam. Okwuenubam. We've decided we're just going to call him Albert O. I'm fine with calling him O. He already has chemistry with Drew Locke. They played together at Mizzou. He can end up being a better version of Noah Fant. Um, Adam. What? Just just come on board with Hunter Henry, Adam. Why? Just come on. He's, he's only 26 years old. You've got four more years. He's going to be significantly better than Fant and Hawkinson and the young guys this year, probably next year. Like, just just come on board. Take Henry or take Ingram. Like, we need we need to break this tie for number three. It can't be a seven-way tie. And Noah Fant's not the answer. And Dave's not going to change his choice. So just pick, pick Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram. You know, I... I actually think Dallas Goddard is a really good pick here. Um, I think I might go with him. Okay. But my pick was Noah Fant. But if you're making me pick someone other than Noah Fant, I think I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard, who was Jamie's pick. Okay. I do do you need me to change my pick, Keith? Is that what you're asking? I like the fact that Chris, like Ben Gretsch, loves Mike Gesicki so much. And Chris put him on his top three. <laughs> and Ben Gretsch didn't ben even didn't. put him on his like, top three. <laughs> there's only one Evan Ingram for Ben Gretsch. Oh, no, no. Gretsch took... That was Shraggy ha- B. Gretsch yeah. took Hawkinson. Gretsch wow. took Hawkinson. I'm surprised by that. Heath, do you want me to change my pick? No. No? Okay. No, we're good. We're good. I'm keeping Trotman. This was an interesting exercise at tight end. He fits in sure. well with, with your squad. Let's fly through some emails <laughs> here. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com after we take a quick break on fantasy football today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Our first email comes from The Banker. The Banker. Dear Creed, Stanley, Toby, and Kevin, let's rank those office characters real quick. Creed, Kevin, who? Creed, Stanley, Toby, and Kevin. Stanley, Kevin, Creed, Big Gap, Toby. Creed is hands down the worst character on the show. Uh, no, Toby's the worst. Toby That's the is whole the point. Be- Toby's one it's of like the best the characters. Point- well, that that makes sense, but the whole point of him is that he is the worst. Yeah, but his as a character, he exists to be the worst. If you were going to eliminate one character from the office, it's got to be Creed. 
everyone should eliminate Toby. Toby gives us some of the best moments. Uh, all right. <laughs> that that scene a- where he finally gets Michael to open up about his stepfather. They're like having like a therapy session. Michael realizes it halfway through. Oh, my God. One of the best. Okay. Our auction dynasty league. Three receivers. Super flex. Set up where our player's salary increases exponentially every year, making it harder and harder to keep them. I really want to keep Tyreek Hill, but at $45 out of a total budget of $300, it makes it hard. It does. I have really good value with other receivers. I have Ridley at 23 bucks, Fuller at 9 Chark at 4 bucks, AJ Brown at 4 Gallup at 10 Should I roll with this wide receiver group and trade my $45 Tyree Kill for a $20 Miles Sanders? Yes. Well, yeah. Let's just do that, and then we don't have to worry about the rest. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not overpriced at 45 maybe compared to the rest of the league, but uh, at a 300 bucks. No. But still, yes, yeah, save 25 bucks and get Miles Sanders. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, I guess. If you're trading him for Sanders and then you can keep three more. I hate leagues that are like this. So he can trade like Tyreek Hill for Miles Sanders and then keep two or three other players. I don't know. Just do it. This is from Dan from Boston. I wanted to hear your thoughts on 2021 draft picks. I believe there will be little to no college football played this year, so I'm trying to sell my 2021 picks for less than I normally would sell future draft picks. Two examples. Um, I got Devin Singletary. eh, Forget about the examples. But just uh, what do you think about that concept of 2021 picks losing value because Dan in Boston doesn't think there's going to be college football. Um, God, I even I I hate to even entertain the thought. I have to though, right? That we have to answer his well, email. Listen, you, they said that you, they can't play college games if there are no kids on campus, and the state of California told us there are going to be no kids on campus in fall. So. Yeah. I don't really know what that means by the letter of the law. That means those schools in California, most of them are not playing college football. But like bottom line, I don't know 2021's class is not near as exciting right now as 2020's class was at this point. Um, and so really? I, mm, I'm disagreeing. Oh, yeah, I disagree completely. You've got the best wide receiver prospect in years. You've got Trevor Lawrence and, there's gonna be and other Justin good Fields ones. at the top of the draft. Yep, yep. I don't know. Like Justin Fields, running back. Beat out by Jake Fromm. I look. Justin Fields is, like, seems like consensus number two pick right now. I think. Uh, in okay, yeah, yeah but remember, in the mock draft, I was good. Tua was the consensus number one. Well, Tua would have been the consensus. It could, Tua would have been one or two if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, but Burrow Our, wasn't on the okay. radar. Do you think there is as much depth in this class as there was in the twenty twenty class? Wasn't as much. I have radar. no idea. At wide receiver, apparently it's another very good year at wide receiver. Probably not as deep as this year. Uh, it might be, but yeah, like apparently might be deeper and better. I think it's I think it's a really good draft class coming up. Yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, but but I mean, yeah, I get his point. If that. there's not, if there's no football being played, do they even get drafted? Is there even a draft? I think there'd have to be. And so then these guys are going to get graded off of what they did in 2019. I, yeah, I, 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 I think, think there's still going to be a draft, even if there's no college football season. I, you might want to keep your 2021 picks. It might just be an unrecognizable college football season. It's hard to believe the SEC is not playing football this year. It could happen in the spring. Uh, I mean, I think that's a, actually a quite realistic scenario where we have spring college football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, and that's been talked about. I'm not just floating that out. That's been talked about a lot. Here's an email from Alex Kennedy. Hey, Tom, Rob, Chris, and Mike. These, other than Mike, these are three of my good friends from college. And, like, all in the same group. Tom, Rob, what, and Chris. What was your problem with Mike? Uh, those are, <laughs> Tom, those are Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. In a brand-new Dynasty <laughs> League, I have the second pick of the rookie draft. It's a super flex league with half PPR and half point per first down. The guy with the top pick is cl- taking Clyde Edwards-Elair. With the second pick in the super flex league, should I take Joe Burrow or Jonathan Taylor? Do you need a quarterback? Yep. If you need one, even remotely, then take Burrow. Otherwise, don't. 
Okay, cool. And finally, from Travis, from the biggest town in the smallest state. Smallest state is Rhode Island. Biggest town is Coventry. Correct. Hey, Vic, Shane, Lem, and Ronnie. You know. Who is it? Vic, Shane, Lem, and Ronnie? Mm -hmm. It's The Shield, the greatest show I've ever seen. Commissioner of a 14-team league with points per first down scoring. Uh, Yes. 0.1 for a passing first down, 0.5 for a rushing, and one full yard for a receiving first down. Mm, The teams that never win or have lost close games often try to shift blame to this scoring format. (laughs) What what do you think about this format? I, I love rewarding first downs over catches because if a dude catches a screen or, you know, a five yard curl or seven yard crossing route and is tackled immediately, that's worth a point, I guess. But if they get a first down, the chains are moving, offense is going downfield. And for receivers, there isn't that big of a drop off generally. Not very big drop off, I should say. There is a drop off from catches to first downs. Well, it's very important. Like this guy, you can't. If you do a point per first down for everyone, then receivers are might be useless. Like if there's no catches and running backs get the same, like he's giving a half for a rushing first down and a full for mm-hmm. a receiving first down. I think that makes more sense. Um, I like it. it the problem with it is is i've not found a good way to project it um and that that makes me not like it but other than that i really like it i don't think you can project it oh Maybe that that that's the fun of it is that you can it's you know well, it's why like don't we just have kicker starting today? a kicker hmm? <laughs> <laughs> made the same joke at the same time huh. all right everybody we are out of here have an awesome weekend watch thank the thank you for listening yeah <laughs> And tonight's uh, winning lottery numbers are 6, 16, 26, 36, 47. 47? Why not 46? This is a nice pattern there. Sorry. Ha- happy belated birthday to Shraggy B. I'm sorry I forgot about it the other day. And uh, we'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football Today, Yesterday, Future. I have no idea what tense it will be, but we'll see you then. Nah, 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 nah. nah.